It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Brian Scott Rippey at BS Rippey. Coming up in just a second. And today's guest is Cooper Manning, friend of the program. But before we jump into it, let me tell you about my bookie. Winning season has returned at my bookie. And winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At MyBookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at MyBookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code TOC and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Brian Scott Rippy at BS Rippy. Both are for the Ole Miss Spirit. Oh, I'm Spirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, I don't care what you say as long as you leave a five star review. Just recently, actually, got a good five star review. So thank you to P. Willie Fan. I see you. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. What's up, man? Not much, not much. Just uh, recovering from the Labor Day weekend. It was nice to have a little bit of football on. I thought it felt normal enough. I mean, you got the two service academy games. That, got some Wi-Fi in the apartment, all kinds of big boy stuff going on. Look at you. I know, my business card's in the mail. You're really growing up. Cooper Manning is today's guest on Talk of Champions. Tuesday was wild, okay? So I just dabbled line after line out there for potential guests. Cooper's the one that bit. So Cooper's the guest, and he's coming up in about 20 minutes or so. Covered a lot of ground. And no, I didn't talk for 15 minutes with Cooper about Arch, okay? I told him beforehand I'm not going to do that, but I knew that you, Ole Miss fan, would crucify me if I didn't ask at least one question, so I did at the end of the interview. So Cooper Manning coming up in about 20 minutes. Some news, Ole Miss football news 
on Tuesday, Rippy. Yeah, I mean, it's something that you in particular, we talked about last week, but you had kind of early on hinted at Sam Williams is officially back. And I just, I think we summed it up pretty well talking about it last week. I don't think you can really understate the importance of that. I mean, you said a couple of times uh, throughout this offseason or preseason, whatever the hell you want to call what we've been going through as uh, he being the one guy that you couldn't lose and they lost and charges being dropped, having him back. Uh, are you surprised at the quickness of it in the sense that, like, I don't know. I just figured it might take a little more time. There might be a couple more hoops to jump through. But it seems like charges drop and he's coming back Wednesday. Having heard what I've heard that I can't really divulge, not particularly surprised. But it's a big development. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of worried about this Ole Miss defense because every single rumbling I've gotten. And again, to bring back the caveat, we have not been out to practice. So take this for what it is. But that defense has struggled. A lot of that has to do with the defensive backfield has gotten absolutely devastated by COVID, injury. But they got three defensive backs back on Monday, so that's a big deal. Maybe that helps. But Sam Williams is your best defensive player, not named Lakia Henry. So, of course, that's going to do something to at least turn the odds in your favor. When I look at this team, offensively, I feel like they're going to score points. But defensively, if they cannot get to the quarterback, it's going to be hard as hell for them to stop anybody. Sam Williams can do that for you. If nothing else, he can get to the quarterback. But he can't do it by himself. So Ryder Anderson, if he's a defensive tackle, if he's a defensive end, doesn't matter. But right now in that defensive line rotation, Hal Northern, who did nothing last year, he's a JUCO transfer. You do not recruit JUCOs to come in and sit. And he sat. He's in the rotation. DeSanto Rollins was in the rotation, but he tore PCL maybe. But he's out. One of the L's. Yeah, he's a true freshman. He's out. He was in the rotation. I don't know what this defensive line is going to look like. We know that they got linebackers, and they should have some numbers. A.J. Finley's back. I think he's a breakout candidate potentially, but he's been down with COVID. So how long will it take him to round back into shape? Because over quarantine, all he can do is sit in his apartment or his home, watch film, zoom in to the team meetings, the uh, position group meetings, but he can't really do anything. He can't do any conditioning. The good thing, if there's anything to be called good about COVID in regards to Ole Miss football, is that it's starting late. So a guy like A.J. Finley, who would otherwise be missing games right now, could be available to you and close to full health by the time you kick off against Florida. That's a development. That's good. So there are some reinforcements coming defensively. They did get the better of the offense in the scrimmage on Saturday, but there's a huge caveat to that. The offense was missing so many pieces. I think Lane said on Tuesday that the defense held the offense to a 10% conversion rate on third down. The offensive line right now is dealing with COVID. The tight ends right now are dealing with COVID. I guess that's just kind of what life is now in college football until COVID is no longer a part of our lives. Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, one of the tidbits from watching the presser and Kiffin and listening to Kiffin's comments was, uh, I mean, I think one of the more jar, not jarring, but one of the more succinct ways it's summed up is, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he mention that they were going to have a se- session of practice or period of practice or whatever you want to call it and how they segment their workouts and practices where the offense plays defense and the defense plays offense yeah. to some degree? Yeah, they're cross-training. I mean, that, that, that's about as good as an encapsulation of just how weird this is going to be, right? I think it's a smart thing to do. I just... Never in my wildest dreams, maybe I just didn't allow myself to go this far, did I, even with the COVID stuff, I just never thought I would hear a coach say that. Like, yeah, we're actually going to have portions of practice where uh, where we're going to flip sides of the football and try to fit some defensive guys on offense. It's smart. You know, you hope you don't need it. But yeah, I just think this is the reality. And, you know, I'm not a big, like, obviously, there's really no science in terms of, like, you talk about the general population of COVID to talk about herd immunity. But you just wonder if you can get enough cases, like, not get enough cases early. If enough guys have it early, does that bode well for you at all as you wade into the season? Because, yes, I understand it's not just you get it once and you're completely done with it. But there is a period of antibodies, and I'm just curious, if you're getting hit hard by, wouldn't you rather get hit hard now than, you know, a month from now? Yeah, I guess so. I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor. I have no clue. I do know that Lane Kiffin had the most salient point weeks ago in that the teams that navigate COVID the best, and this goes across all sports, in the NFL it's the same thing. Those teams that best navigate COVID are going to be the ones 
that have the most success this year. So you can look at the overall rosters and say, oh, well, Ole Miss isn't as good as name a school, Florida. Here, here, and here. Well, God, if Florida isn't handling COVID right, Ole Miss could be at a distinct advantage once they kick off September 26th. Who knows? COVID's here to stay. It's something that's going to play into the season all year. The quarterback battle, it is Two. as it always was. Matt Crowell's leading the way. John Rice Plumley didn't practice on Saturday, not because he was held out for any other reason than he had a mild hamstring strain. He's the number two quarterback. Matt Crowell, though, is number one. Here's the thing. I do not subscribe to Rebel Grove. I do not subscribe to the Clarion Ledger. I used to. I used to support my friends. Having said that, when my name gets put out there, it gets back to me, especially if I'm getting dragged. And I got dragged pretty good last week. I want people to know, I do not have a vested interest in who the starting quarterback is for Ole Miss football. If it's Matt Crow, awesome. If it's John Rice Plumley, awesome. I do feel confident in saying, however, from talking to a number of people, this coaching staff knows this season is a free shot for them. So if the season's a free shot for them, they can try a bunch of different stuff. Like cross-training, for example. Going back to the high school days when you used to play safety and wide receiver or cornerback and wide receiver. Offensive line and defensive line. But also with the quarterbacks. I think that they're going to experiment. I think Matt Corral is going to be the first team quarterback. John Rice Plumley is going to have a role, whether it's as a quarterback or in some other form or fashion. But I also think that this quarterback battle or this quarterback situation with these two guys, these two, is also going to play out over the season, over 10 games. Not to say that Matt Corral doesn't separate himself. I just think people got the wrong impression of what I was saying last week. John Rice Plumley did prove when he went into games that he could move the football. Yeah, he can't pass all that well. He wasn't really given much of an opportunity, but he did move the ball, and he did score some points. So I just want people to understand, I do not have a vested interest. I don't care. If you think I care, that's unfortunate. I saw some of that. No one's a bigger critic of me than me. And uh, there was some hurtful shit said on that message board that got screenshotted by some great friends of mine and sent to me and uh, it bummed me out and I hate that it turned out that way but I will say Matt Corral if he's a starting quarterback I hope he lights it on fire and becomes the Heisman candidate because for me that would be better because that means more eyeballs on the Ole Miss spirit and that's what puts food on my table so of course I don't know I'm sorry that was a little bit of a tangent but some stuff got back to me and it was pretty hurtful not gonna lie yeah, I mean, you're better than me in the sense I, – I guess first question, was I spared from it or was I thrown into it too? Because I'm assuming I was on the same podcast unless I uh, you were spared. woke up in a different universe. Okay. Well, one, I think people that spew vitriol on message boards are the biggest losers of all time because you would never say that to anybody in person, and yet you're going to go on with the screen name ButtholeRep68 and just say a bunch of stuff you would never otherwise say. And it's like, come on, man. And presumably you you have a driver's license and can vote, which might be scary uh, to some degree. But it's like, come on, man. Like, grow up. But anyway, I just don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I don't really value the opinion. Hey, look, man. Of, uh, I'm used to being called obnoxious, arrogant, douchebag. I don't think of myself as any of those things. Because, again, uh, nobody hates me more than me. I promise you. But, uh... There was some other stuff that was quite personal that was pretty hurtful. And um, I talked to Neil. Which Neil is just uncalled for. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Neil was great about it. He um, talked me through some stuff. He and I have dealt with some similar stuff outside of work. So he, he's been a great sounding board. Chuck, you, it doesn't matter. I'm not looking for pity. I'm not looking for sympathy. All I'm saying is if you think your anonymity on a message board allows you to not say stuff that can directly affect people it's not true it, it can it can affect people and i've done a good job of trying to avoid that stuff but when he gets back to me because friends are like hey ben they're dragging you oh crap what are they saying and then they then i get a certain thing that i don't want to repeat it's pretty hard so um i just wanted to say it's not that big of a deal if you disagree with me about the quarterback battle that's totally okay i'm not pretending like i'm an expert here i don't get to go to practice but matt corral could set the world on fire for all i know i don't know i will say though that if you look at the stats and you look at the production, John Rice did move the ball, and he's never been a good practice player. The only point I was trying to make is there have been times where you've seen bad practice players be gamers when the lights come on. When they go into a game, they perform. Bo Wallace was one of those players. John Rice Plumley was one of those players. He wasn't a good practice player last year, but when he got into a game, he performed. Not to say he was a good passer, but he did move the ball. So 
coming back to the discussion and not making this about me because I don't matter. Matt Corral being the starter, great, awesome. The number two would be John Rice Plumley. He wasn't practicing Saturday because of the mild hamstring strain. Uh, got sat out as a precautionary measure, and that kid I think will still have a role if he's the number two. He could still win out for all I know. Again, we none of us are going to practice, but Lane Kiffin did say that the first team reps are going to Matt Corral. Now, John Rice Plumley, he mentioned was injured, but Matt Corral is taking the first team reps, all the reps with Plumley out. So it's just those two guys. And but, I think that because it's a free shot and they know it, that's something that they can experiment with as they're experimenting with everything with Ole Miss football this year. They're cross-training position groups to prepare for COVID. This is going to be one of the most bizarre, hard-to-follow seasons, I think, that we've seen in quite some time with Ole Miss football. I don't know what we're going to get starting September 26th. I have no clue. But they're going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fascinating. And honestly, as someone, as a former uh, practice complainer, uh, just because, it, forgive me for sounding self-important, but there were some days during the Maglu era where it's like, why am I dragging my ass out to this Tuesday practice to watch 45 minutes of this 4-7 and seven football team? But if there were ever a time where I'd like to be sitting in practice, and oh, they yeah. probably wouldn't let us see this anyway, watching the switch where offense plays defense and defense plays offense would be awesome. But more back to the topic at hand. That you are talking about. I do. This is going to sound like I'm disagreeing with you, but I'm not necessarily in the sense that like, yeah, I do think that they do th- do believe this year is a free shot because like, I mean, barring something catastrophic, like can you really put a ton of stock into what happens this no. season if it becomes a bit of a frustrating no. one? But ideally, wouldn't they like to have a di- like a I say direction? The program definitely has a direction in terms of at quarterback. Don't you think they would love like if, if Matt Corral or John Rice Plumley yeah, yeah. sets the world on fire and they just never look back, like yeah. even if they do let this play out into the season, I still think the ideal result is one of these grabbing this thing by the horns and the other one, for better or for worse, becoming an afterthought. Now, it gets a little more dicey with Plumley because even if he doesn't win the job, him willing, I don't think he becomes an afterthought just because his speed and everything else is too too elite not to keep I mean, to keep off the field. And so I just think that still is the end goal there. But I do agree with you. I do think they're going to let this play out. But as we keep mentioning, it's a fine needle to thread from being decisive and kind of backing your guy to waffling back and forth. Because you saw what happens when you don't put confidence in either one and waffle back and forth you get last year. And so I'm just kind of fascinated to see how they balance it. Because I, like, it's one of those things to me, it seems like there's a lot more ways to mismanage it than manage it correctly. Here's the thing with Matt Corral. When he was signed by Matt Luke, he was signed at a time when there was so much uncertainty, and he was the quarterback of the future, and he was developed that way, and he was headed that way when he started the season. He went to SEC media days as a freshman. He was the face of the program. He got hurt. That opened the door for John Rice Plumley. But when it came time to throw the ball, you had to throw it, in came Matt Corral. I've said it countless times, but I mean it. That coaching staff last year did a complete disservice to both of those players by not allowing one to take over, bring Matt Corral in a pass when John Rice was just in there to run. Made it so easy for the opposing defense. It hampered the development of both of those players. I think Matt Corral can run. I think he'd be competent as a runner. I don't know what Lane Kiffin's offense looks like with Matt Corral under center compared to John Rice Plumley. How much does it change? Because we've always heard about how adaptable Lane Kiffin is to his personnel. If that's the case, if John Rice is the quarterback, what does that do for him offensively? How does that change for Lane Kiffin as far as calling plays? Now, Jeff Levy's calling the plays. Lane Kiffin admitted that on the Pat McAfee show. He already admitted that to us, but it was good to hear further confirmation, I guess, if you think that him not calling plays is good. I don't know how I feel about that, quite frankly, but Lane Kiffin's offense, does it change with John Rice Plumley compared to Matt Corral? Or is Matt Corral the prototype for what Lane Kiffin wants in a quarterback? That's what I don't know. We'll get right back to Brian Scott Rippey in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon, hitting add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, 
you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. I don't think you're going to find that out until you play it out, just like you said. So, like, it, it honestly, I mean, it, it, it doesn't it feel like we're arriving to the point where Matt Corral is going to start the first game? Yeah. I guess if you you say the first two games. But then after that, it's just kind of wait and see. You're almost at a stalling point. And honestly, I didn't really see it playing out this way originally. I thought this battle would extend a lot further. No, I'm not necessarily saying anyone's declared a winner. But just reading the tea leaves and seeing where this is trending, I think you're getting a better sense of who's going to start the first game of the season. And I just, I I thought maybe we'd get this answer a little bit later. You'd have the classic game week announcing of the starting quarterbacks where you've been putting ore on the depth chart for two weeks. The classic, you know, Gus Malzahn, I think was pretty notorious about that, but yeah, I just think you're at that point. And what happens after that is going to be the fascinating part. Another bit of news. Ole Miss is still waiting from the NCAA word from the NCAA on Otis Reese and Dean Leonard, both of which would probably start because Dean Leonard has really impressed this coaching staff. Lane Kiffin actually called him an NFL-looking-like player, and that's a big deal. They, I think they think he's better than they even anticipated when they signed him. They signed him to come in and play if he got a waiver, but I think he's been better than they ever could have expected him to be in year one. Now, I don't know what that says, though, about maybe the lack of defensive talent, about offensively on Saturday being without so many offensive linemen. They didn't have a single center. Ben Brown was out. Carter Colquitt maybe at center? I can't remember. But whoever's the third-team center, that was the guy that was in. And they don't really have anybody else that can snap the ball. So that played into it a little bit. But Dean Leonard had a good day, and I think he's showing some signs. It's just ridiculous at this point. We're a couple of weeks away from almost kicking off against Florida, and we're still waiting on this. This is absurd. It just shows you that the NCAA is a sham organization. The fact that... JT Daniels announces his transfer from USC in April. He goes to Georgia, and he's cleared by June. Meanwhile, Otis Reese transfers in December, signs in January, February, and he's still waiting. Why is he still waiting? And Lane Kiffin straight up said it. He's one of the best players on this team. Now, if you look at the past production at Georgia, he didn't do much. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery. I don't know. But I know that at Georgia, he didn't do much of nothing. At Ole Miss, he's one of the very best players. They need him. He said he'd be a starter. Is it a bad sign then that you're a couple of weeks away and you still don't know? It seems to me like you just can't count on him. And you can't count on Dean Leonard either. And that's all because of the NCAA, which is just an absolute sham organization, man. There's no consistency with any of this. There's never been any consistency, but it's gotten worse. 
and now it feels like it's blatant. Yeah, I just I don't really know what to describe to understand how like how an Ole Miss fan in particular would not want to hear that, and so I just don't know. I don't understand it. Like the last thing I've really heard majorly from the NCAA is just that they decided to furlough all of their staff. Or correction, I guess make them amateurs uh, for a certain period of time. I have no of that idea if that's having an effect on it. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's unfair to the kids, particularly in this type of year. And Kiffin hit on this a couple weeks ago. In a year where they're not, this year doesn't count against your eligibility anyway. So they're missing out on a free year that essentially yeah. everyone else is getting just because of the incompetence of some adults that are supposed to be looking out for the student athlete and amateurs and all that. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It's about the kids, right? It's about the kids, but yet you're double punishing these kids. This is ridiculous. Everybody's getting an extra year except for those guys that don't get their waivers immediately granted to them and they're immediately eligible. They're getting double punished. Lane Kiffin was absolutely right when he said it on Tuesday. And Otis Reese, it seems like, is getting double punished. JT Daniels gets immediately qualified, effectively running off that Wake Forest quarterback to transfer to Georgia, thinking he was going to be the starter because he went to Georgia. And because it's Georgia, they get a favorable. It's just, it's all a farce. The NCAA is a lie. They protect certain programs. At, at this point, in my opinion, it's inarguable. And if you're an Ole Miss fan right now, I would easily sympathize with you if you were pissed off. Because this is ridiculous. I mean, Otis Reese should have some word. One way or the other. One way or the other. And Lane Kiffin said, hopefully we'll hear something this week. The fact that there is no real idea when they're going to find out. It's like they don't care. It's as if they're like, ah, we'll get to it when we get to it. It's Ole Miss. That's what it seems like. And because the NCAA is not a transparent organization, what else are we supposed to think? Because in the absence of fact, that vacuum is filled with speculation. And maybe some conspiracy theories on my part. Because my hatred for the NCAA runs deep. And what usually quells... you know, uncertainty and speculation, the benefit of the doubt, of which that organization has just absolutely none left. None. And so, of course, people are going to speculate and conspiracy theories and all of that reign supreme. I don't really have much uh, a ton to add to what you said about the NCAA stuff because uh, you you summed it up pretty well. I mean, it's just bullshit. It is what it is, I, it, it, and there's no changing it. What's a fascinating storyline to me is between Otis Reese, and you mentioned Lane Kiffin talking about Dean Leonard being NFL-ish, and, and, and Ole Miss really needing him. I mean, he called Otis Reese a starter. You wrote about A.J. Finley at the Ole Miss Spirit website, uh, like being back at COVID, COVID-free. COVID Did I say A.J. Finley? I'm losing my mind today. Yes, like, you did. The, the overall, the secondary, there's they're iffy on some pretty key pieces. And I just say this because I listened to a podcast recently uh, with Chris Long, great guy, played the NFL a long time, incredibly smart football listen, talking about how the, what Stephon Gilmore and the Patriot secondary does to average pass rushers. And if you look at with the time, you know, Gilmore and Chung and those guys have been with the Patriots and you look at the guys that have played defensive line, particularly on the edge who have been known to be average pass rushers and the spike in their numbers because of what they do coverage wise, that probably makes Ole Miss's secondary the most important position group on the field defensively does it not because it's a group you think is going to be better they were ranked last in the sec last year playing with a bunch of different dudes like their play is going to adversely or incredibly positively affect the offensive line and at this excuse me defensive line and you just kind of figure you kind of know what the defensive line is going to be like in terms of ceiling and floor secondary is kind of such a wild card that's going to be huge for them because they can either really hurt the defensive line or really help them what's crazy is i looked at this team and how it's constructed this roster and thought the secondary has the potential to be sneaky good and then they've been hit hardest of any position group with covid aj finley jay stanley you could pick a guy and say he could be a breakout guy and now what absolutes do you have Keydron smith jalen jones maybe but the problem with Jalen Jones is the same thing that you were struggling with with Ken Webster, to where his first year back, he wasn't very good. His second year back, he was really good. Is Jalen Jones going to be more on the good side or the I can't get back to my normal self side? If he can't get back to his normal self, that's a big deal. So what are the absolutes? John Haynes, he was a COVID guy. John Haynes, for me, the most obvious guy on the roster as far as untapped potential. Because I think John Haynes has all league ability. I think he's an NFL player. 
But it feels like we haven't really seen much of John Haynes. He was hurt last year. He got COVID this year. A.J. Finley, Jay Stanley, there are enough pieces there to where you could piece together a competent secondary, especially when you consider reinforcements coming by the way of Dean Leonard or Otis Reese if they were to get eligible. That would make that group kind of salty, but you just haven't had them all together. So that plays into the whole equation when you're trying to factor in what Ole Miss football is going to be, especially on September 26th against Florida. What are they going to be? We don't know because COVID has made them an unknown, that secondary I'm speaking of. Offensively, the offensive line, are those guys going to be back in time? Kiffin said they had 27 guys out with injury or COVID. 27! And it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. So I asked this to Cooper Manning. I asked this to Deuce McAllister. I've asked this to pretty much every guest that has come on this show. So I'll ask you. Knowing everything we know, what Ole Miss is dealing with, the season is coming off of, the disaster that was the Matt Luke tenure, what constitutes a success for Ole Miss in 2020? And you and I have tried to pinpoint that, but I don't even think anybody can put a number on it because you have to see it play out. They could start 0 for 4, but maybe then they win three games, whatever, they're competitive the rest of the way because they get their secondary back, their offensive line back, Matt Corral is establishing himself or John Ray, whatever, at quarterback, whatever. I don't want people to dog me again about uh, an opinion. But you get what I'm saying? You'll start out being so pissed off and thinking this team's going nowhere, and then you start to kind of like them thinking, well, I can see what they could be for the future. They don't need to win only two games. You only win two games, that's going to crater your recruiting. It almost can't have that. But if you can find a way to be competitive and win enough games and show enough on tape, it's a free shot. When are we going to know what Ole Miss is? Is Ole Miss ever going to have its full product on the field altogether at the same time? I mean, if the season actually plays out and finishes, you would think yes eventually. I just think, what, it's four and six for the most part, it probably doesn't matter how it looks. If you get to the fifth win, it doesn't matter who it came against or how it looks. Raging oh, success. Yeah, Boom. you get to 500. It's a W, no matter how it happened. And if you get to four and six and you're close in a game you're not supposed to be in and kind of let one slip away from the jaws or whatever, that's a success too. I would argue four and six in general is a success. But yeah, I, I think that would that would satisfy uh, you know, any irrational fans' expectations is 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 kind of my thinking on this. And you could even go the other way. Three and seven, depending on how it looks, wouldn't be the end of the world. Again, depending on who it comes against and how it looks. But four wins, I think, is a big mark if you're actually talking about expectations on the field and in the win-loss column for, yeah. for this group. Because remember, it's a 10-game all-SEC schedule. If Ole Miss this year, with a full schedule, a full slate of games, including cupcakes – won four games in the league, you would think that they had accomplished a significant feat. They'd be playing in a bowl game. It would be a pretty nice bowl game, maybe in Charlotte, maybe the Gator Bowl, I don't know. That would be an accomplishment. If they were 3-5 and five in the league with a full slate of games, I mean, my God, they could go 7-5 and five with that schedule, right? But it's a 10-game all-SEC schedule. There are no cupcakes. I asked Cooper Manning about that. Also asked him about what he thinks success is for Ole Miss in 2020. And yes, yes, yes. I asked him two questions, only two, about Arch. Because I knew, you the Ole Miss fan, you would drag me. Maybe not as hard as one particular person on Rebel Grove did the other day. But you would drag me if I didn't ask him. So, I told Cooper, I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. Just kind of shoot the shit. And maybe get a couple of questions in about Arch toward the end. And that's exactly what we did. And we're going to go do them now on the Modern Woodman phone line after we first hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? 
Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman phone line. It's Cooper Manning, friend of the program. Ole Miss great. Everybody knows Cooper. What's up, man? How you doing? Ben, I'm, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good, man. How you holding up? I'm doing okay. I'm uh, I'm kind of excited that you know football's around the corner. It feels like it's been a long way away, and now it seems like it's kind of uh, coming coming in fast. So I'm excited. It feels like the fall is starting to feel like the fall. It's really strange that college football is starting after the NFL. I can't tell you how unprepared I am for football season this year. Like, if you asked me for the last two months, like what? I give you three dates. Is it is it August 11th, 12th, or 13th? I would never have been able to get anything right. And now the fact that football season with no preseason for the NFL is coming this weekend, and uh, we're going to start to see some college games. I just I feel like I am uh, in, still in June as far as like what I know and and getting my you know because all your landmarks over the course of summer kind of didn't happen. So I'm uh, I'm flying a little bit unprepared. What's it going to be like this year for you, like watching the NFL? Eli's gone, Peyton's gone. It's going to be strange, right? It is going to be strange. I'm, um, you know, obviously the Saints are a good team, and um, you know, probably a favorite to do some really good things, considering they don't necessarily need as much of a preseason as some other school, other teams. I feel bad for programs with new coaches and new quarterbacks and new systems and coordinators and stuff because it's it's really hard to, uh, and, and also to evaluate young guys. I mean, there's no chance for a, a rookie to kind of come out there and return a kick and all of a sudden go, wow, you know, I just, I just made the team. So it's going to be a little strange. I think it's a big, big advantage for uh, established coaching staffs and quarterbacks and uh, teams that haven't had to reshuffle a lot. So I think the Saints are at a big advantage. So they'll be, they'll be fun to watch. And I know New Orleans is, you know, desperately waiting on something to, uh, look forward to on the weekends and, and pull for. So it should be a, it should be a good year for them. What makes you feel older? Eli retiring and then getting his number retired by Ole Miss or your son suddenly being the talk of all of college football recruiting? <laughs> oh, I don't know. The fact that I, I can't even, I can't read the newspaper without some assistance or some bifocals is not helping either. Um, it's uh, I'm kind of sad about not having a, a brother playing, but I am looking forward to, uh, you know, it's funny how you always shuffle your focus and, um, you know, from high school to college to pro now back to high school is not a bad transition. So uh, Louisiana is on a little bit of a delay start. The season doesn't crank up until the October 8th, 9th, uh, Thursday, Friday night deal. So we're behind some other States, but it's nice to know that, um, football looks like it's going to be happening here. And, uh, and it makes for a, a fun fall at least to have some always have a little skin in the game. With high school, I would venture to guess it's a lot like college in that it's just about starting and finishing at this point. Everything else is gravy. If you get postseason, great. But getting games in, if you can get games in, that's a success. I think that's right. And I think, you know, high school kids, no different than college kids, they, they need something to look forward to. They need something to work for and, you know, get up a little earlier and get a lift in or run or just be – motivated that something's coming down that they're looking forward to. So um, I'm, uh, I'm optimistic that uh, we're going to get started when they say we're going to get started. And hopefully, uh, you know, as people are finding out that, uh, 
these guys, these, these, these young guys cope with this little thing a little bit better than some other people. So hopefully they can keep playing and, and uh, yeah, just, just being out there. Hopefully we get to go to some games too. I don't know all the rules on who's attending what, but I'm, uh, I'm looking for some holes in the fence in case they tell me I can't come. I'll, I'll pretend I'm, uh, I'll be holding the, the chain gang, I assure you. Well, I was going to say, I mean, really, Cooper, you really think you won't be able to get into games, really? Like some other people, <laughs> myself included, okay, but come on, come on. I grew a mustache, and it fooled people <laughs> for a couple months, but now I've shaved that, so I'm not sure how incognito I can be. Uh, I didn't realize this. You've been with Fox for six years doing the Manning Hour segments and stuff like that. That's wild, man. I know you were a broadcast journalism major at Ole Miss, but what really got you involved with Fox? What made you decide that this was something you wanted to do on the regular? And are you going to continue to do it? Ben, I've got close friends and relatives that don't even know I've ever done a show on Fox for six <laughs> years, much less one time. So don't uh, you're not hurting my feelings. It's uh, you know it's the longest two minutes in sports. So if you're not you know wide awake and ready to roll at ten thirty on a Sunday morning. You may uh, you may miss my whole entire career. Um, it's been fun, you know. Just I had just a chance to kind of be myself and have some other players across the NFL be themselves and let us, you know, act like fools and let people see a different side of who these guys are. Uh, show, showcase some of their off the field talents or lack thereof in a fun, um, you know, lighthearted setting. Is is I think people are starting to enjoy things other than just the straight X and O's and, you know, the matchups and we got to control the line of scrimmage and limit the turnovers. They want to hear about, you know, funky, weird stuff. I mean, everybody from once they realize I'm not going to ask you any football questions, they totally drop their guard and become fun. I mean, from Von Miller to Cam Newton to, um, I mean, I had a lot of fun with uh, Alvin Kamara down here letting me, you know, we're doing a nose piercing deal. I mean, we've had, uh, I've been on a Nick Mangold up at the Jets. We went to a pumpkin patch and went, you know, trick-or-treating. If you can <laughs> act like a, the child that you really are, and uh, it is certainly uh, immature at best. And so once they recognize that, you know, um, it's wide open, you get to see a, a side of guys you might not have ever seen. It's, it's fun. So you could never pull Eli into doing it with you? Eli did one. We were down in the Super Bowl in Houston, and he was there, and I got it. We were racing, like, in, like, little uh, three-wheelers, like little, you know, child things. And I don't know. I mean, actually, Peyton, Peyton got on it one time, too. I asked him, can you uh, – He was. He, we were in New York going to the College Football Hall of Fame, and I asked if he could possibly pop up in my hotel room, like, 20 minutes before and uh, shoot a manning hour. He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. In tuxedo. You know, we're in a bed together. You know, I'm jumping on the bed, and he's like, "This is it. This is this is this is TV. This is uh, probably a big mistake for the future of his career, but it it, it might have helped mine. So um, I'm appreciative." How is Eli holding up in retirement? Is it okay for him? Yeah, Eli really he feels good. I mean, I think he picked a heck of a year to get out. It's kind of a mess. Been playing a lot of golf. His handicap is just dropping like you've never seen. He's uh, he's gets his competitive juices flow on the golf course. He's playing tennis. I think he, he doesn't quite know where it's going when he hits it, but he hits it hard and can get everything. So he's, he's driving some real nice tennis players crazy because he can just keep the ball going. And I think he's, uh, enjoying his three girls and his, and his young son, Charlie. And so, um, he's, I talked, I just hung up with him about 20 minutes ago and he seems very happy and, and, um, uh, um, he's doing well. I, one thing I rarely, if ever, worry about Eli, and so I think that uh, remains the case today. Well, I bring it up because it's such a cool thing. Archie's numbers retired on campus. Now Eli's number being retired. The family in general. I know a lot of y'all were in on it, but what is that like for you guys? Just to see maybe a bookend of that in a way. Well, I think it's a, a real tribute to what kind of teammate Eli is and how much he loves. Um, being a part of the Ole Miss community and just how unselfish of a player he was. I think he, uh, he, he did kind of did everything that was asked of him and, and, and kind of put Ole Miss back on the map a little bit when he was, when he was there. Um, I, I, you know, he, you know, Eli, he just takes everything in such stride. I mean, you would think he'd be 
I don't know. I mean, it's just amazing how humble and normal he is and, and has remained. Uh, I mean, sometimes you think getting your you know jersey retired would require you to talk about it a lot. I mean, he, he acted <laughs> like I, someone came by and dropped off a library book that he hadn't seen in a couple of weeks. He's just so casual about it. It drives me crazy. He's just so normal. But uh, I'm, uh, it's a great lesson to, uh, you know, I, I enjoy having – my children around Eli to kind of see how you just get your stuff done. You get, you get your work done, you, you prepare, but you don't have to, you don't have to talk about a lot of stuff that's unnecessary. And so he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a great younger brother. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of both those guys. It's been a lot of fun having them involved in, um, you know, being involved in their careers and going to the games and being a part of it. And now having them uh, help, help out with my guys, it's, it's really neat. Are y'all going to come back? You're going to come back and check out a game if you can. Again, y'all can probably get in. Yeah, I you know that's the thing. I hadn't figured out whether going to those games, just any games, is something. Am I better off being on the back porch on the couch watching that with some friends, or am I? Do I want to be at those games? I haven't quite embraced what you know a partial. <laughs> I've played in front of some 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 light crowds before. And we used to play a Superdome game back in high school, and it was pretty darn, you know, unattended, if you will. And so I don't know if that's something you want to go see a pro game like, but um, I'm uh, I'm kind of tiptoeing in, and we'll find out my the way I'm interpreting what a, what a, what a home game is like in this era, because sometimes maybe staying at home and watching with some pals might be equally as entertaining as a, as a quarter field stadium. You're not going to have much choice though, when Eli's numbers retired. No, we'll, we'll, I mean, I'm, you know, I'll be, I'll be dressed appropriately for that, for that <laughs> week, whenever, it, if I'm invited. Um, when you heard that Ole Miss was hiring Lane Kiffin, what did you think about it? What did you think about the marriage, the partnering up Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin? Well, you know, I don't, I don't really know Lane. I've, I've met him one time kind of in passing. I kind of, I really think it was that same weekend I was up in New York, uh, with the college football Hall of fame. And he was, uh, I saw him in the, literally in the lobby of a hotel. I think he was kind of negotiate, trying to, trying to figure out where he was going to end up. Um, and I, um, you know, you never know. I mean, I, I think, um, I hope he likes Oxford. I hope he, you know, embraces the, the Ole Miss ways and, 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 and can grab can grab the young men from Mississippi who've been going out of state. Um, I'm excited about it. I know he's a, a brilliant offensive mind, and I know he's done, uh, you know, really put a lot of points on the board at a lot of places. So I think that's going to be exciting. I think Ole Miss has uh, got a lot of offensive talent and going to try to figure out uh, what they are on D, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, again, I feel kind of back to my unprepared. I think it's, I think it'd be tough to be Florida right now playing on playing lane. You don't know. How do you prepare for that? There's a lot of unknowns right now. And I think that it's the same way across the, you know, as you see, even with Mike Lee, I think it's, it's exciting for the state of Mississippi to have two, you know, well-known coaches who've been, who've won a lot of games who are really innovative, but uh, you know, it's a golly, what a, what a dogfight of a schedule! You look down, it just never ends. So it's, uh, I'm excited that they're playing, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. I've asked Deuce this. I've asked any number of guys who come on this podcast recently this because I think it's the question of all questions because of everything leading up to this season, COVID and all that kind of stuff. What constitutes success for Lane Kiffin in year one with a ten-game All-SEC schedule? I think that's a great. I think that's you know, you'd love to have a few you know, a few games against some people that you really, you knew you were going to win where you could get some other people, some looks and, and work on some things. And it's just, there's no time for, for, uh, you know, to, to take a breath and get some guys some rest and some other guys some reps. I don't know. That's a great question. I'm, I think that that falls on, on bigger people than me. I'm just, uh, I think you want to kind of see if you can continue to get better over the course of the year and, and ha- have the players buy in and, uh, and I think that's uh, it's so it's so finicky on how you finish. I think finishing has typically been the biggest crucial factor to whether uh, the next year goes your way or in some cases the wrong way, and you got a new guy in there. I mean, it's amazing how one little play or one little possession or turnover can be so impactful on 
the next year or two or three or four years. Okay, I told you when I hit you up that I wouldn't beat you to death with arch questions, but Ole Miss fans will kill mm-hmm. me. Will kill me if I don't ask you about Arch and his recruitment and how wild it is and all the schools involved. What's the update, the general update on Arch? There's really nothing nothing to do. You know, he's only you know, he's played one football season and he's looking forward to playing his <laughs> sophomore year. I think every I think all the recruiters have recognized that he's not uh, requiring um, any maintenance or any um, really even being recruited right now. I think he just it's, they recognize he wants to just play play his sophomore year in high school and worry about that a long way. No one's winning or losing or gaining traction. It's just just a kid who wants to play, be a tenth grader, and uh, kind of out of the limelight as best he can. Obviously, considering the situation, that's difficult, but. He just wants to play, and, and um, he's excited about his brother being on the same team with him. Hyde is a center and uh, trying to gain some weight and, and uh, back, to, you know, back to the quarterback and not over his head. So with that, they're having fun. Well, I asked that because it, it's really interesting for you. You know, Eli came here. Archie came here. You came here, and you're Mr. Ole Miss, man. How do you avoid him or keep him shielded from – feeling any type of pressure from any d- different direction. It doesn't have to be Ole Miss. I mean, LSU, living in New Orleans, whatever. I mean, has that been challenging at all? No. it's We're just keeping it easy and fun and light. I'm not – you know, I, I don't – I don't. if Arch wants to go pivot and go play baseball at, you know – There you go. Rutgers. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, certainly an option. So, we're – there's no there's no pressure. He doesn't feel any pressure. He just wants to be a regular guy. And other than that – you know, it's kind of – he's trying to you know, pass chemistry and, you know, and maybe <laughs> hopefully uh, knock out a few Bs and some As and, you know, muscle through a C or two and uh, and just, you know, enjoy it. We're keeping it fun. Hey, Cs get degrees, Coop. That's all he needs to know. I learned I, that at Ole Miss. I worked real hard for him, so yeah. I, I can relate. Thank you for doing this. Last minute I hit Cooper up and he offered to do it, man. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, Ben. Always great to be with you, buddy. That was Cooper Manny. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Brian Scott Rippy at BS Rippy. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. We both write for the Oma Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Mosquito Marshals. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have firsthand experience. Mosquito marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. Mosquito Marshalls, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshalls. All right, Rippy, so to close this out, what other storylines? Since some big news came down on Tuesday, Sam Williams, a little bit more quarterback stuff. AJ Finley, three D backs returned on Monday. Um, Sam Williams is already practicing. I think he practiced on Sunday with the team. He's back in full on Wednesday. He's got to work his way up, so he can't just jump in in full pads. He's got to do the whole thing of shorts and shirts, shorts and shoulder pads, and then build up to full pads like everybody else. He's on a different timeline right now, but getting him back is huge. What other storylines, if? There are other storylines. Are you looking forward to paying attention to this week in Ole Miss sports? In all seriousness, and I'm not just saying this because the kid went to to, to an MIS school in Jackson Academy, but like let's just say it's Corral's thing and John Rice Plumley ends up playing somewhere else. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Let's say one of them leaves. Who is the backup assuming Corral or Plumley is like, – Okay, it's Plumlee let's play it out. Position. Let's play this out. Okay. Matt Corral is the starter. 
John yes. Rice Plumley, however, has a role, be it as change pace quarterback or you remember last year how the Ravens in some games lined up with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, Robert Griffin the third, and Mark Ingram all in the backfield together. Could Ole Miss do something like that? Sure. And that's part of the game plan if we're playing this out. Then the true number two quarterback is Kincaid Dent if John Rice Pumley is playing some kind of role like that. But if it's just on paper laying out the depth chart, John Rice is the number two. Those are the only two guys taking number one reps. You know what's unfortunate? Grant Tisdale is nowhere to be found. You're not really hearing anything about the guy. Nothing. Nothing at all. And it sucks for him because I know he came back out of the portal with visions of competing for this job. And I don't mean to pour salt in the wound at all because I think he's a really good dude. And I think he's talented. I really do. But it goes back to something that was told to me by a couple of staffers last year when he wasn't playing. And there was this big, let's say, message board, internet, Twitter kind of call for him to play. Essentially, Ben, if he could help us win, don't you think we would play him? And the fact that he's not in any way a factor in this quarterback competition, I think speaks to that even more, does it not? Yeah, I agree. And I think we had a podcast a couple of weeks back where you're talking about uh, we were talking about Tisdale and maybe the potential that he just bides his time and kind of waits on everything to settle out or someone graduates or whatever. Doesn't that guy like the description that we had from that conversation a couple of weeks ago sound a lot more like Ken K. Dent now? Could you see Ken K. Dent as a fifth year senior kind of yeah. just kind of patienting? Not, that's not even a word being patient enough to where he just kind of backs into a starting role for a year. That's what kind of it feels like now more so than than Tisdale. That being said, Dent may very well want to go play and end up transferring somewhere else because he feels like he's buried, but it's just what it feels like now. Well, Well, think about it this way. What we didn't factor in when we were talking about Grant Tisdale is that they're going to keep recruiting. They're going to always try to recruit to replace you. That's what they try to do. Unless you're a no doubt playmaking foundational piece for a football team they're recruiting to replace you yeah we can like to play out this fairy tale that grant tisdale waits his turn and he gets a chance and does a blake sims but there's no guarantee of that because they're recruiting for their next quarterback they love Cade renfro for example not that he's leapfrog kincaid dent i don't think he has i think kincaid dent if john rice Plumley is not on the sidelines waiting his turn and is actually in games doing something kincaid dent is the number two quarterback and Cade Renfro is the number three, or whoever their next quarterback is, whoever they sign in this class. That's what they're going to do. They're going to recruit to replace you. And that's something we didn't think about, or we just didn't talk about necessarily. So I hate it for Grant. I really do, because I think he's a really good kid, and I think he's got some talent. But he came into this, or he came out of the portal and came back into this situation with thoughts of competing for the starting job. And he's not a factor. He's not. There's only two guys taking first-team reps. Most of them right now are going to Matt Corral. It's Matt Corral and John Rice Plumley. Matt Corral actually took all of the first team reps when John Rice Plumley was out with his minor hamstring injury. That tells you everything. That's just kind of what we come down to. So I just would say, assuming one of these guys is either gone or injured at some point, who is QB number two in that sense was a fascinating storyline to me. All right, anything else? No, just how they quickly, like how quickly can they get themselves back COVID-free slash healthy before game week is kind of all there is left. I mean, everything else is just you're not going to really know until they actually uh, lace it up. You and Greg the Meat Shark have been covering a lot of lines, be it college football, the NFL, whatever. The line for Ole Miss, Florida, as of last week, was minus 10.5 in favor of Florida. Where are you putting your money? Where are you laying your money? I would go Florida there just because I think this season where you talk about COVID's going to like how you navigate COVID can matter. I think same thing goes with the NFL, but I think consistency is going to matter in that sense. And just Kyle Trask, a lot more known. Ole Miss has a lot of moving parts with it right now. I would honestly go Florida if you, if you may. Now, would it shock me if Ole Miss were in the game and pulled upset or whatever? No, not stunned. But like if I was, if I was leaning one way and putting my cold, hard-earned cash on something, I would actually lean Florida and feel pretty decent about it. My buddy Brandon Marcello has Florida 28, Ole Miss 21. I don't know if I buy that. Okay. I mean, no, that's not a stunning result, but is that a 28-14-ish for most of the second half? Ole Miss puts one in late and you get screwed by Vegas? Sure. I think that Brandon is underselling Florida's points in that game. And then the question becomes... Good. Yeah, Florida's good. 
And the question is, Ole Miss, points-wise, 21.5 over-under. Mm, I'll go over on that, honestly. Okay. Then it's a game. I just, 40, just 42, 40, I, in my mind, this is 42-24. 35-17. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that right. neighborhood. See, I was thinking in my mind, 45-24. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If the defense is as bad as it could possibly be, which is what I've heard. We'll see. He's Brian Scott Rippey. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben at BS Rippey. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. We're both right for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and Philly 247 Sports. Thanks, man. We'll do it again. Sounds good. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.